Pittsburgh Steeler fans. Welcome to the next episode of Steelers Touch Down Under. G'day, I'm Matt Peverell and I'm joined by my co-host, Mark Davison. Mark, how's it going? G'day, Matt. G'day, Steeler fans. How are we doing today? Look, as a Steeler fan on the other side of the mic from you, I am absolutely rip-roaringly excited. And that's right, rip-roaringly excited for the fact that it's football is back. We're, we're coming to you live 14 hours in the future. Um, so we're joining you on our, your Saturday morning. We're recording this on our Friday night. This afternoon for us, Chiefs just played the Texans. Uh, game one, week one, season 2020. Mark, give us, uh, give us a bit of thoughts on, on week, the first game, Texans-Chiefs. Yeah, so I watched it today. It was just good to see football back, Matt. Like, uh, I think the first quarter, or the se- you know, first and second quarter is a bit rough, uh, as you would expect with the first game. The Chiefs um, and the Texans you know, didn't play up to speed. There was a few drop balls here and there. But the more I watched it and the more the Chiefs played, they're going to be a very hard team in the future. Like, they are just stacked on the offense. Like, I don't know how would you would feel with this, but the Chiefs, they look, they look promising to, to hoist another Lombardi. Yeah, and, and look, and I think the Texans, from what I was able to briefly, briefly see the game, I think from the Texans, and when you look at the result, they're going to want to come back strong. And we know the Steelers are going to be facing the Texans later in the season. Um, I made a prediction um on when we featured on bads bad show a couple of weeks back around the Steelers potentially running into the texans um in the first few weeks of the playoffs so look look for the texans to really bounce back but look this is behind this this is a btsc podcast we're all about the steelers so let's yeah. get talking steelers there's a lot to talk about absolutely massive week since our last show last week we came to you um live just before the roster got cut down um last week so saturday september 5th this week, we've got that. Those cuts have happened. 53-man squad for the first few weeks has been finalized. Practice squad as well. Um, but look, I might start off, off with a bit more of a human sort of story about the Steelers this week. So massive, massive week for the Steelers. Ryan Shazier announcing his retirement. Mark, when you saw the news, what was your reaction? Uh, yeah, like a lot of Steelers fans, I think it was a bit of bit of a shock. You know, we we want um, Shazier to to exceed, and right now, as we're speaking from from the future, I'm actually wearing a Ryan Shazier jersey. Uh, I'm wearing uh, one in the their away jersey um, because what happened two years ago was just something that you don't want to see in any code, NRL, rugby, um, you know, football, golf, whatever. You don't want to see it. Like he went down, um, and he, he's he's comeback was quite a fight like he gives me i'm getting chills again like he gives me quite the inspiration to to go forward if you're ever feeling down just watch a ryan jay video or when he did those push uh sorry pull-ups you know some people can't even do one he's doing 20 um he did the box jump so yeah the news is is um it, it had to happen at some stage and hopefully he can get a media gig out of it or you know he can push forward and and, and go on you know with his life we would like to see him play football again but you know, like you said, it's a human experience, you know? Yeah. And I never forget that day when, when that awful event happened and you, and you saw him lying motionless on the ground and you saw guys like, you know, Vinny Vitovici, you know, bursting into tears, you know, absolutely, you know, just overshot with emotion. Um, I remember texting my friends at the time and, and, and saying to her, Oh, you should have seen this hit. What is like, 
I've not seen a hit like this. And I've, I've seen guys with neck injuries before, both on TV and, and on the playing field when in my rugby days. And, and I, yeah, I just remember texting her and saying, oh my gosh. And then when he went through the contusions and she's got a medical field background and she said to me, Matt, like, you know, if anyone come back, it'll be Ryan, but you know, we wouldn't, I wouldn't expect a, you know, someone, him to be allowed back on a field. And obviously since then it's sort of paved this way where I sort of was sort of thought this day might be coming, but at the same time you saw his massive progress and, and it was hard not to just feel inspired. And I mean, as, as Dave said earlier um, on his show today on the, when they were looking at the Steelers preview that Ryan's goals now have changed to life goals. And I thought it was really big when he did the announcement this week where I think he got asked a question by Aditi Kibunwala from the NFL Network. And she, she said to him whether he held anything against the game of football. And you saw the way he's dealt with this injury, not just from a physical standpoint, but from a psychological standpoint. I know he's doing a, um, his college degree in, in psychology, but he basically sort of said, no, I, I love the game of football. It's all I've known for 20 years of my life. It's given me, you know, incredible life experience. It's given me money that not many people would, you know, have access to. I've got nothing but love for the game. Would let my kids play it, the rest of it. So I think you look at that maturity as well. And, you know, yes, he's 28 years old, but at the same time, I feel like he shows maturity of someone, you know, triple his, triple yeah. his age and with all that life experience. So look, I think from the both of us, I mean, you know, you're a massive, you're a massive Shazier fan as am I, but you know, you're obviously wearing his Jersey today as we go, um, go on air, but I, you know, well, I just wish him well in the future and I hope he stays part of this Steelers family and, you know, we may well see him on the coaching sidelines and I'm looking forward to that. But um, I think he will stay part of this uh, Steelers family. Like I still remember the day and a lot of Steelers fans do when he walked out on the draft stage. Uh, this is a man that, that couldn't, uh, you know, walk. He was uh, paraplegic. So to come back from that and to, he used football as his goal, like to get better. And that, that helped him. If you have a goal and it doesn't matter what it is to, to use that to get better. And then, here he is. He's retiring now, but look how far he's come. Like it's just, it's unbelievable. This story. You can't be not be a Shazier fan. I wear this. I wear my jersey uh, every away game. So th- so coming out with the Giants, I'll be I'll be wearing it. Hundred percent. Yeah. Awesome. Well, look as we come live to you from the future. It's uh, your Saturday morning. Uh, big big week this week. Week one, we've got New York Giants Monday Night Football. It'll be Tuesday morning for us over here on the other side of the world, down under. And, and look, it's, it's just, it's so good to have football back. <laughs> I'm just so excited to have football back. And yeah, we talked a little bit there about the Chiefs and the Texans, but it's so good to have steel of football back. You know, I only think, the only thing I think crueler than this offseason, Mark, could have been if we got a bye week one, which yes, I know NFL scheduling, it doesn't happen, but in other sports, mm. they do do buys week one. I'm so glad there's no bye week one. It's awesome stuff. So, look, we've got a big show, big show here today. But before we get into it, um, Mark, you had a bit of a message throughout there for all the listeners. Yeah, I just want to say thank you to the uh, behind the Steelers curtain uh, crew, all the guys in live chat, everyone who listens to our podcast. Like me and Matt, I consider us rookies. So this is our rookie year being uh, podcast affiliates. Is that even a word? I hope that's a word. Um, but I want to give a big shout out to uh, some people, and if I miss a few people, I do apologize. But Big shout out to uh, like uh, Snowman, Ezra, uh, Just Me, and one lucky one, Kathy. Thank you very much. And how's it going? Uh, you guys are the reason that like you know we have a chance to to talk our talk, and we love talking Steelers football. So 
you know, it's a great opportunity for us. And we just want to say thank you for all the support we've, we've been getting so far. Yeah, completely back mark on that one. And, and big shout out to some of our fellow podcasters and writers with BTSC as well. There's, you know, they've been so supportive of us, whether it's, you know, Bad, Jeff, Dave, um, you know, Michael Beck and, and Jeffrey Benedict and those guys as well that we talk to regularly through some of our um, chat channels on the side as well. So yeah, but massive shout out to you guys and the listeners. You know, we are very privileged to join you from the other side of the world. We are very much feeling part of this BTSC family. I know when Mark and I first connected a few, you know, over a month ago now, one of the big things was that we were talking about how, yes, there were things like lockdowns and isolations, but we knew we could count on one thing through all that. And that's the support of, you know, BTSC family and, and being able to connect that way. So yeah, thank you for listening. Keep listening. But look, let's crack into the show today. So look, Let's start with the 53-man squad. We, as I said, we came live last week to air just before cut the cut-down day. Um, massive, massive week. Look, we're not going to go through all 53 players, but Mark, when you saw that squad, and you know, feel free to go into the practice squad as well, but what, what are your thoughts about this 53? And, and obviously, there's some changes potentially to come, but yeah, tell us what's your, what, what's your feeling. Well, instantly I was wrong. So I went skipper and so did a lot of the other BTS uh, crew, and I was wrong with that one, you know, but we don't know. We're not the Steelers organization. Um, I'm happy with it though. And I, I like, you know, with the addition with Davis, he's coming back. Like he was our safety for three or four years. He knows the system. Um, so yeah, I'm pretty happy with the 53 and, and like maybe like we could pr- probably could have kept Switzer, um, but there's a reason why he's not there and we've got Ray Ray McLeod. So yeah, I'm, I'm really keen to see how this progresses with, with our team. You know, I'm a big fan of everyone. So it's, it's a really funny question to ask me. I think you have, you have more of insight than I do. What, what, what do you think? Look, I, I absolutely love the, the idea of bringing back Sean Davis. Um, I, th- I thought that was huge. Um, look, I'm really keen to see Sutton develop, but I think to have the reliability with Davis, I mean, the, the only thing that I think is going to hold the Steelers back this year is staying healthy. And, and that is the one thing that you can't predict as well. And so to have someone like Sean Davis, whether it's a Mike Hilton getting um, injured with what he comes off, whether the way he comes off the line, whether you, you know, Minka as well, he goes in guns blazing. So the reality is, is there is going to be, a, you know, whether it's this season or next season or whenever, there are going to be times when he might need to miss a game or two. Um, same thing with Edmonds as well. We've, with the, the speed and the, the way those guys play, you know, let's just hope they stay healthy. So the idea that we can have someone like Davis as a backup, it gives us options, particularly, you know, the Steelers are a three, four team, but they play a lot yeah. of sub package and to have someone there's, like there's Davis. There's so much depth, so much depth. It's unbelievable. That's you know? it. And, and, and the other thing that I thought was really interesting that they did as well there is, um, you know, bringing back Dobbs, um, and I, look, we're not going to go deep, deep into that, but the idea that they've got someone that can at least, you know, when they're preparing week in, week out, you know, that scramble style quarterback, um, someone, I thought it was interesting that Tomlin this week referenced the the fact that Dobbs can use, can scramble out, um, out of problems when, you know, when perhaps he's not going to trust his arm. I think that is a big deal for the Steelers. I think that gives them opportunities, especially when you start thinking guys like Matt Canada as well and what influence mm. he's going to have. Um, is is there some plays? Can we use a bit more of a Swiss army knife? You know, you, 
you sort of see the saints do that um, to a degree at the moment as well. So I'm really interested to see whether, whether Dobbs is just, you know, just ticking a box as part of the numbers yeah. or whether he's actually going to make, you know, a bigger contribution. So look, Will I he be that- number two or number three. Oh, definitely he'll be number three. Like, without a doubt, okay. Rudolph is the backup. But I think there might be opportunities this season for Dobbs to do a little bit. Um, yeah. And and if not, well, I, I'm telling you, you won't be here next year. <laughs> that's for that's for sure. I also like the way they. I like the way they kept someone like a James Pierre. Um, you know, they've got the top 51 cutoff and what have you. So he, he's ranked, he's still in the 53 squad, but he's not in that top 51 cutoff. I like the idea that we've stashed him there. Now, he's very raw on tape. Um, you saw that in um, one of the articles that went live on BTSC this week. They reviewed it. He's not the fastest cornerback in the world either. But the Steelers must be seeing something in him. And look, quite honestly... You know, if they're willing to head, you know, use a roster spot on him and let him grow and develop, well, great. Same thing with Carlos Davis, their bad son. Um, I think that's, yeah. a, that's a good one as well. When you've got a defensive lineman that's that big, well, that's that fast, you know. There's a Davis family now. There's two Davises. There is. You know? There's a but, there's a button Davis family Davis. here of Davises. We'll get, uh, we'll get bad in there one day. We'll get him, put a helmet on him. That's it. That's reckon? it. Father and son game or something. <laughs> or the exhibition game before. Um, so look, and he's got the BJ Finney pants. So um, exactly. Sorry, bad. Um, <laughs> but look, I think as well the when I'm looking at the squad too, it's quite interesting who we kept on the practice squad as well. Um, so I think it's interesting they brought in someone like Jay Ren Elliott. Um, I was kind of hoping we just cut McCullers completely. But still as everyone, there. he's still there. As Got everyone those naked said, pictures apparently. That's it. That's it. Um, I see. I thought Carlos Davis might have stolen his computer, and that and that's how he made the squad. <laughs> um, but but look, I think you know. I like the idea that they kept Trajan Bandy. I like they must be seeing something in Carlos Waitman, Carlos Waitman as well, because yes, they've brought in um, Cole Quit and let go of Barry. Uh, famous, yeah. you know, Jordan Berry from Australia. Um, we'll get to him a bit later in the show, but you know, they must be seeing something there with Waitman, and that's really good because when you do have Cole quit 15 years in the league and what have you, um, you know, how long is he going to stay in the league? That's the question. So, um, look, I think for the 53, I just think we've built this this robustness to get closer to closer to that seventh Lombardi. Yeah, it's a lot. Of, it's a good depth all over the board. Receivers, uh, running backs, defense. We have a lot of good players that we can that know the system as well. You know, yeah. so totally. looking forward to see what they can do on Monday. Uh, Monday night football. Monday night football. Tuesday morning football for us. No. <laughs> um, the only one for me was I would have liked to have seen what we could have done at inside linebacker. Um, I. I'm open to seeing what Marcus Allen can do, but I'm not sure retrofitting him into that role. I know he's, he's a solid tackler and what have you. I, yeah, my jury's out for me on whether he's going to suffice for us, especially if, you know, he's, he is hoping not, but a bush injury or a UG3 injury. Is, is that our weakest point on defense? I I, th- I think we'd have to say so. I think when I mean you're not yeah. going to go there and say cornerback. Um, I know in previous yeah. seasons you would. I'm not you're not going to say safety now. You've got Sean Davis there. Like I, 
hundred percent. And I, I don't even think, I think some people have very questioned Jaron, um, Javon Hargraves leaving Jay, Javon Hargrave leaving. Um, yeah. But as I talked about last week with Isaiah Bugs, with Tyson Alawalu, um, with Chris Wormley, you know, you've got Carlos Davis there as well that, you know, you're, they're obviously seeing something or you can pull they're, they're Daniel colors up. Stacked there. Exactly. So I think the, the only place we can talk about is inside linebacker as being, as being a weak spot. But again, you've still got depth of three there. They do play a lot of sub package. Obviously, I, I sort of said to you off air a couple of times now, I'm very interested to see what Edmonds does, um, you know, particularly how they can use him in a, you know, sub package linebacker role. Um, but look, though, we'll, it's, we're about to have week one and we'll get to see all of that. So, so yeah. Um, but look, moving on to the, one of the other bits we wanted to cover this week as well was the other big news, um, from this week, which was the re-signing of Cameron Haywood. Mark, what, what, what was your reaction? Huge. To have this bloke for the next four years or five years is, is just going to help our offense too. It's a Stapleton of the defense. Like, I think he's been there now nine seasons. And he's one of those players where you just think he's going to be there. You know, like a Heinz Ward. And you don't, you know, same with Big Ben. You just think he's going to be there. So Cam, uh, you know, in the middle now, we can build. If some pieces do go missing over the next few years, we've got him for four years. And we can build around him. Like, he's a big fella. And he wants to win. He hasn't won a Super Bowl yet. Um, I don't think. No, he hasn't, right? No, no. So... Um, yeah, we want to get him a ring, you know, like, and he's going to be the foundation of that defense. Yeah. And, and you're totally right. And, um, I did a bit of digging, um, you know, that I like my stats. So I did a bit of digging this week as well. And, um, you know, once he'd re-signed the, the thing about Cameron Haywood that, you know, he's a, apart from a couple of years back where he had, um, so in 2016, when I think he had a few injuries that year, but you know, in in his career to date, he's almost he's, in most years he has played over 80 percent of snaps. Wow! So, you know, in the last three years alone, he's played 80 percent, 81 percent, 81 percent again. So he's playing a lot of defensive snaps, um, yeah. and he's that cornerstone. He's that absolute cornerstone. He's our mean Joe Green of, of the previous decade. Yeah. Um, he's the cornerstone of that defense. Um, I'm really excited about the the deal they did give him. Um, I think four years, he is only entering his prime. And when you, again, when I started to look through some of his stats, it, it sort of came really apparent. I mean, he's got 54 sacks today and he has almost 30 of them in the last three seasons alone. Yeah. Right. So he's, he's entering this, I think it's his 10th season. He's entering into the league now and he's, yeah, it's just amazing to think that he's only getting better. He's like that fine wine getting better yeah. with age. And I think Art Rooney used that 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 phrase to describe Ben Roethlisberger, but I actually think it's Cameron Haywood. And this, and to this lock, is the time. That's it. And and I think to lock that up now, it, it's huge. Um, I think as well, you look at some of these QB hits as well. So he had nine sacks last year, which is his second most productive season from a sack perspective. Um, but he actually had more quarterback hits despite only getting nine sacks. So in 2017, when he did, when he got 12 sacks, he had 22 quarterback hits. So he's getting to the quarterback. Um, mm-hmm. But at the same time, you've seen a guy like TJ Watt rise in sacks. You've obviously seen Bud Dupree's or Tuit at the start of the season. So he's getting to the quarterback. But I think the quarterbacks are a lot more aware of, of where Cameron Haywood is. 
So look, I, I, again, and, and as you say, like he needs a title. Um, when I looked at, so pro football reference, interestingly equate value to contracts. Um, and they don't necessarily try to rank players in terms of were they the best, you know, defensive tackle level, were they defense, def- best defensive edge ever. But, what they try to do is based on their peak performances, work out where they sit in terms of the hall of fame. Now, Cameron Haywood's halfway there. If he goes, if he was to go in from a defensive tackle, but he's only mm-hmm. a third of the way there. If he was to go into it as a defensive end. And we know that his designation of positions changed. So with that being the case, if he's, if he's going to get into the hall of fame, the rest of the team need to do him a solid as they say, and get him a title. He needs two, two rings. I think he needs two rings. I, I agree. I'm I agree. not too sure if one will, one will cut it. I think he needs two. And this is the time. Like, he is just a big fellow in the middle. He's our, you know, he's probably a lovely bloke as well, I would imagine. Um, he's, you know, we, we can't talk highly enough about him. And nah. hopefully we can get him something, you know, this year is just 2008. It's, it's, he said it's, uh, you know, he's Ironhead for a reason. Let's go. That's I'm excited. <laughs> no, t- totally. And, um, you know, and I think for me, it's it's now I can go out and get that get that Cameron Hayward number ninety seven jersey as well, and and lock that in and and what have you. And so, yeah, really looking to see that production from him as well. But look, that brings us to halfway through the show. Stick with us on Steelers Radio. We'll be we'll be going to a short break for all of those all of those listening listening to our podcast either um, on recording wherever you are, whatever platform, and we'll be back shortly after the break. Steelers Radio, Steelers Touchdown Under. I'm Matt Peverell. I'm with my co-host, Mark Davison. We are previewing week one, Monday Night Football, New York Giants. Mark, are you excited? I'm pretty keen. Like, let's be honest. I'm really, I'm just keen to see what these players can do. Like, it's been a, like the longest offseason, even though it hasn't, but it feels like it's been forever and a day. Um, let's just see what, let's see Big Ben throw 99 yards. Let's just do it. 99 yards to, to Juju and then 7-0. Start from there. Is he, is he going to throw that out of a shotgun or is it going to be a little slant? Uh, he's going to throw it behind his back. How about that? Behind his back? Behind his back. Look, Mark, uh, Mark's been having some big dreams ahead of the season. <laughs> <laughs> ben, I don't know whether Ben's bionic, bionic arm's going to reach around behind his back, but, uh, but uh, look, we are going to pre- preview the game. Um, a lot's been said, and look, there's a lot of great content on BTSC. The preview game, Know Your Enemy, excellent, excellent podcast that went live this week um, and YouTube show with Jeffrey Benedict, Michael Beck, and they had um, a gentleman on from Big Blue, which is the BTSC of the New York Giants fans. If you missed it, go back and listen to it. You've got you know an extra day to preview yourself and build up all your hype for this week's game. Go back and listen to it. Listen to the preview show this morning with uh, that, w- that went live this morning um, for us over here, but th- um, Thursday night over there in the US with um, Dave Schofield, Jeff Hartman, and Bad. They definitely 
gave a really good insight into where some of their predictions lay for this week's game. But look, Mark, we'll talk a little bit about the Giants in, in, a, in a second, but I think it's important to, who's the player for you and the Steelers that's going to have the biggest impact on the Steelers getting the win this week? Uh, I, I think it has to be the running game. So I'm thinking Connor. If Connor can stay healthy and we can run the rock, I think he's going to prove, you know, if he's, if he's outstanding and we can move the ball, then our defense will feed off that. So it all comes back to Connor. Like, you know, what we, we, if we can see what he can do, then he's going to help us out tremendously. And do you see that being both from the running and the passing game? Or do you think it's really for him just, you know, tugging uh, the rock? If he can, you know, help out in the screen game and then, you know, the pitch pass and, and things like that, of course. But you've got to get the ball moving. The Steelers are an organization who run the ball from the day from Franco and uh, Rocky Bly and all those kind of blokes. Like, we need to run this ball so we give uh, Big Ben a chance to sling it. So if we can run it down the Giants' throat, then we have a good chance for this game because our defense won't let up. Yeah, look, I, I agree with you. I think that Connor needs to fire um, completely to take the pressure off Ben. Um, we know Ben didn't get the bionic arm, you know, to run the football. But I do agree with you that the key is a bit of balance. Um, I, I mean, we're not, we, you know, it's wishful thinking. Um, Dave Schofield's new favorites, fa- favorite song. But um, it's wishful thinking to think that it's going to be a 50-50 split. But if, if we can set up a few early runs and get the guys blocking... Um, it will really ease that pressure up on Ben. And, and I think as well, it's going to be very interesting from an offensive line perspective. I mean, you've got David DeCastro now out, um, you know, of this game, Wisniewski comes in. Um, so, all, and then you've got obviously Banner starting at right tackle as well. He's used to sort of covering that run when we saw him as the eligible receiver, you know, and, and the fanfare that that got last year as well. So he'll be missing that if he's starting week two when the when there's, you know, limited fans in the stands or no fans in the stands in the Steelers case. Um, so, so yeah, I think it, it is an interesting one to see how well they're going to be able to block and create those gaps for Connor. Um, so, you know, definitely you're right there on the offensive side of the ball. I think, I think for me, I'm really interested to see if Deontay Johnson is out, what the, what it looks like from a wide receiver perspective. Yeah. Um, I'd expect a big game from Juju. Um, I do think they'll probably use a bit of Claypool as well. You know, some people are predicting, you know, they don't use their wide receivers much at the start. Other people are saying they'll use him heavily if, if Deontay's out. I'm going to take the safe option and say he probably falls somewhere in the middle. Um, and it's probably end zone related. I think Ebron's the big difference maker on offense, but I, I'm interested to see what we can do from wide receiver perspective. And, and I think Juju will want to come out firing and prove he's that number one. Yeah, well, if if Dante's a key, he's a if he's out, he's a key piece. Like he he played awesomely last year. So if he's not in the roster, um, you know, we might have to rely on like you said, Claypool and Juju and and Washington. You know, the another great receivers. But we do have like you said, Eric as well. So we've got quite a few stars. But like if you push that rock down with Connor, things will open up. Exactly. Um, and, I, and I'm keen to see what they do with him in the past game as well. I, I reflect on that Chargers game. And um, as I said last week, I felt that we had a running back room that can catch the football and therefore Ryan Switzer was void. Um, glad to see the Steelers probably agree with me. But um, <laughs> or, or I'm lucky enough to to come up with an idea that the, that the Steelers, you know, organization, you know, sees better players as well and sees their potential. So, but... 
I think on the what about on the defensive side of the ball? Who's who's the difference maker for this week's game? We've talked a little bit about Cameron Haywood already in the show, right. but who's the difference maker for this difference maker? I'd, I'd like to see what Devin Bush can do on uh, Bar- Barkley. So to see is how he covers him, and I would just like to see how he plays in his second year if he's more confident. Um, you know, he had a good uh, first first uh, six games of the, of the first year, his rookie year, and then kind of stood up a little bit. But yeah, to see him develop and see what he can do next to, to Vinny, or even like you said, uh, bringing someone else in the box like like Edmonds, like yeah, just to see how Bush can handle it. You know, like I think one of the biggest threats for the Giants is only really Barkley in the back. So take care of him, take care of their running game, and we have a good opportunity to succeed. How are you thinking, Matt? Yeah. So look, I'm going to take a bit of a a bit of a flip approach, and I mentioned. Um, you know, we were talking off air and I, you know, for those, those keen listeners that might've caught me in the live chat for the, the Steelers preview show, I did label Bush as being one of the X factor players, but I'm probably more looking rather than players in this one with who's going to be the difference maker. And I'm going to look to a unit and I'm going to say the, def- the, the defensive backs. I think we all are going to talk about Barkley. And I do agree that from an offensive point of view, that what Barkley will do will change the game because if he gets going, the pressure eases up on Danny Dimes. He get feels like he's got time to throw. We know what Lav Bell was for, for Roethlisberger. We know that Barkley is that same safety net when catching out of the backfield and he can get make the first few defenders miss and suddenly, you know, the first or second down, he's got the six yards and the whole thing starts to get a bit of momentum. But I think that what's underrated on the New York Giants side is their wide receivers. Um, and I'm mainly turning here to guys like Sterling Shepard and I'm turning to guys like Golden Tate. As Tomlin referenced this week in his press conference, Golden Tate can take it to the house. You know, how many times have you seen highlights where Golden Tate is walking backwards into the end zone or doing backflips or whatever, you know, whatever he's doing and Sterling Shepard knows how to catch a deep ball. So I'm interested in seeing very much how they go about stopping those deep passes because if they can stop the, the, the passes at the back and slowly work their way, I guess, through that field and start to put that interior line pressure and what have you, you are going to see a very frustrated Giants team. Mm-hmm. And a frustrated Giants team means mistakes. And mistakes with this caliber defense on the Steelers means points. Yeah, 100%. Even what you said with um, Golden Tate, he's a very you know, physical receiver. So in his years, that he's been quite in the league quite a long time. So he's, you know, he's kind of like a Heinz Ward. So we can't discount these receivers. We just got to take care of them, you know, and then we do have the quarterbacks to do that. Yeah. And I think when you said there as well, it's, it's the, the thing about Bush and, and I say the defensive backs as well, the interesting piece is Evan Ingram. You know, Evan Ingram creates a lot of, a lot of potential problems for, for the Steelers um, if he gets going. Um, so I think it's very interesting for us to see the way Devin Bush plays, we know Devin Bush is on the shorter side for a middle linebacker or an inside linebacker, depending on what you want, where you want to call them. And we know he's more like suited to that pass catching role. So if they, that's the other thing, which of the safeties is going to come into play and shut down Ingram? Because if Devin Bush is having to worry about Barkley coming in from that backfield, and then you've got Ingram coming down in the mm-hmm. middle, that's where the Giants could start frustrating and creating a little bit of pressure for the Steelers. And that's when you're going to see a bit of a potential challenge in terms of, you know, how they get firing. Um, 
from that from that perspective. So yeah, for me, it's um, and <laughs> we've sort of delved a little bit into it previewing previewing the Giants team, but that's for me, it's about those defensive backs and and what are they going to do to to make those stops. But yeah, let's flip to the to the New York Giants side. Who's who's the difference maker for the New York Giants? If the Giants are going to get an upset this week, Mark, who who's gonna who's gonna have to fire on their side? You know what? I just had a, had a quick thought there. I reckon the difference maker has to be Danny Dimes. So if if he has to, uh, we talked about Barkley and what he can do, but if Danny Dimes can't can't move the ball up the field and can't do anything and and, and doesn't you know evade pressure, he's gone. Like he needs to step up and you know um, shock everyone and like shock what you just said then shock the the cornerbacks in the backfield. So if he can elude pressure from the TJ Watts and the Bud Dupree's and come out and swing it, and then you know next minute they're up fourteen nil, still a nation won't know what to think. So if he he's their biggest biggest difference maker for what he what he can do, who you, who, who you got? I I know it's not sounding really like a bit of a cop out, but I'm gonna go the def- I'm gonna go with the de- uh, cornerback defensive back for the for the Giants because I think if they get an early pick, you are gonna again see a frustrated Ben Roethlisberger, um, mm. and then you're gonna start to see him push passes. So I'm not gonna say Logan Ryan. I think it's pretty unfair to see. You know, to expect a lot of him coming in, you know, of, of some pretty short experience with the team. But um, James Bradbury's been highly touted and from the Giants side. Now, that might be a name that a lot of Steelers fans don't know, but he had a pretty decent year last year. And if the Giants are going to do anything this season and have a productive defense, he's going to have to stand up in that backfield. Um, obviously, they lost, everyone might be aware of DeAndre Baker and, you know, they lost him due to his off the field incidents. Um, you know, I know that so, but basically, yeah, I see it being around James Bradbury and what, and what can he do in that, in that secondary that starts to put some pressure on the Steelers? Because if the New York Giants are going to have any hope in this game, they are going to have to slow down the, the wide receiving core. We've done a little bit of talking about now, plus your Eric Ebron's, your Vance McDonald's, you know, who knows? I mean, if they start firing, you know, are we going to see a bit of Zach Gentry in this game? He's got a great stride. He's really, really we, tall. It, we might. Something. We might see a few people on the on the depth chart. If we can, Steelers can get up by twenty one points. Why not bring in Carlos Davis and, and Gentry? You know, let's let's all give um, Cam Haywood a bit of a rest in the end. That's the way we can we can keep these guys healthy, and that's what we want. We want to see these young guys come in because we have such good depth. That's it, and, and you're exactly right there, Mark. Like what you know, and I mean, Dave mentioned um, in the previous show as well around you know he'd love, he'd love it if Mason Rudolph came out for the last two drives. You know, imagine well, if wouldn't that wouldn't that be amazing. <laughs> wouldn't it the last quarter but but exactly like you know wouldn't it be great if ray ray mcleod can can you know have five or six targets wouldn't it be great if where i mentioned i think it was in our first show around mcfarland and getting six to 12 touches can he get six touches Mm -hmm. off the back end and we talked about you know there was talk in the like some of the podcasters you know around benny snell and wouldn't it be great if benny snell got over 100 yards because the back end of the game he's running it through well, what about if McFarlane gets nice two nice runs because the guys are blocking so well? I mean, this all might sound like wishful thinking, but I think that's what we need to see from the Steelers. It won't just be the Steelers are not going to try and run up scores on people this season. But if we can start to leverage that depth of you say, as you say, yep. and preserve people coming down the stretch, A, we're yep. going to have guys that are acclimated, and B, we're going to be easing the pressure on guys in terms of the snap counts. Yeah, it's going to help quite a bit. Um, you know, that's what you want to see as a, as a fan. You want to see your second QB come in with, you know, 
seven minutes to go in the last three drives. So, you know, it is all wishful thinking, but that's as, as Steelers fans, we've got to be uh, optimistic and, and see how we go with it. Yeah, awesome. And so, what? Do, give us a game prediction, Mark, in terms of the scoreline. Um, we'll make some bold predictions a little bit later on as well as yeah. part of a new, a, a new segment we're going to be introducing in today's show. But yeah, what, where do you see that scoreline? All right, so I've been thinking about this a little bit over the past few days. Now, I'm thinking that with what we all, all we just said about depth and all that kind of stuff, that they get up by a few points. Um, I'm going to see the, the Steelers not score more than 31, and I won't see the Giants score more than 10. So we'll go 31-10. Now, the reason I say that is because I think the fans will pay... Uh, play a big factor near the end. Like if they're already up by 21 points, what's the big opportunity to, to run the score up when there's no fans in the stands? So that might, the noise level might pay, play a factor in it. You know, what, what are you thinking? This is an interesting one. I think we're sitting somewhere at like a, a 28, 17, somewhere around that score. Uh, I not necessarily think that they'll get to 20 from the giant side. But I think I think they'll get, you know, you got to you got to think they may get a touchdown and a few um, and a few field goals. But you know, perhaps they get two, one of them in garbage time. So perhaps they're sitting there at halftime. And you know, at halftime it could be close. It could be like a 10-17 Steelers, and then you said the Steelers take it away toward the end of the toward the end of the game. But yeah, that's sort of the sort of margin I'm seeing. So I think that that's about double the margins that are going right now in some of the betting agencies in the US at the moment. So I think they're giving Steelers five and a half roughly. I think it was six, six early this week. So it's contracting, which is interesting. Um, but yeah, I see it somewhere around that 28, 17 mark. Um, but, but yeah, look, it's going to be a massive game and I'm just really excited that we got Steelers football back. Yeah. How do you think they get 17? That's like, that, that's a, like a really interesting point. How, how with this defense of the Steelers, how do they get 17? I, yeah, look, great question. Um, but there's a, the Giants have a lot of prowess on defense themselves. They've got a really good in, in interior defensive line. Um, I'm not necessarily going to call a pick six, but I do think there's there's a bit of potential in that in that secondary yeah. when it comes to the Giants. Um, the defense could turn something over. Ben could push a pass. Um, yeah. So, and the other thing too is. You know he's not the best inside linebacker in in the league, but Blake Martin Martinez is not a bad inside linebacker. He's got experience. He played at Green yeah. Bay. Um, I think he came in after AJ Hawk um, and and Clay Matthews sort of left. So that you know Green Bay don't bring in you know average inside linebackers if, if we look back at the last twenty years. So it's not like they're completely rookie there. Um, so maybe he calls something, but also I, I think Danny Dimes has improved. I think he's improved a lot more than what people, what people say. And, and I think if you look at what, what they did last year in a, in a difficult season, you know, they still, he threw for over, um, the giants recorded over, you know, 3,700 passing yards. You know, that's no mean feat. You know, we know what it's like as Steelers fans, mm-hmm. how much, how hard it was for us to get anywhere near those numbers. So he can throw the ball. He's gotten bigger. You know, he fumbled the ball a lot last year when he got hit. Yeah. He, he, he has put on some size if you've seen some of those photos. And I don't think he's just getting, he just got jacked over the summer to look good, you know. So he got jacked for a reason. Um, you know, and he's getting paid that sort of money in New York. So, you know, he's quite capable of getting those two touchdowns. And as we say, Barkley, you know, you look at the highlights of Barkley, he leaps over players. So it doesn't matter whether yeah. you've got Mike Hilton screaming out of the backfield, Barkley will hurtle over the top of him. I hope he doesn't get, I hope they don't get 17, but there could be a bit of rust on the belt. 
as, as you've mentioned around preseason and not having a preseason. So, you know, and we, do, and we don't come out of the gate well often either. Yeah, 100%. Lucky it's not in Oakland. <laughs> lucky it's not in Oakland. Or, lucky it's or not, Vegas. <laughs> lucky it's not. <laughs> well, yeah, Vegas now with the Raiders. But lucky it's also not uh, down at uh, Paul Brown Stadium down there as well. Oh, sorry for yeah. the Brown Stadium down there in Cleveland because Paul Brown's in Cincinnati. But, um, but yeah, lucky it's not down there at the Browns where we saw that draw, you know. Like, lucky mm-hmm. doesn't have Baker first up. Um, I don't know. So, but with look, with that, we're going to move into our... One of our, you know, regular segments of the show, slinging the slang, got a name last week. Got to have that Aussie flavour. So, Mark, what's the word of the week, or what's your how? You, what What are you going to do in terms of teaching listeners how to sling um, the slang? So, I got a bit of a funny one today, and I haven't even told you yet. So, I went no, you haven't. Uh, total surprise. Total. No, surprise. this is this is something, and this is what happens here, I guess. Uh, I went for a walk today before my, for my, before my podcast and I was walking around the local park and I actually saw someone uh, um, walking a cockatoo, uh, which is quite strange, like very strange. Like no one, I don't even know people who own cockatoos and that's like an Australian bird um, down under in Australia. So I want to give you a little, little insight to things we might say with that. So for instance, like we have a, a slang term for Australia, we just call it Australia. Now, when, when, instantly when I saw this cockatoo, Matt, I thought straight away, Australia. Like, that's just what happens here. It's something so odd. Like, people drink beers out of their shoe. And I saw this old mate, I uh, might bring that one up in a few weeks, but old mate was walking his cockatoo on a leash. And I was just like, that's Australia. So, how, you know, like, have you ever seen that? I haven't. I, I saw a man. I saw a man walking his goat once, and I live in the city, <laughs> right? I saw him walking Australia. a goat. <laughs> it's yeah. One of the funniest things I've ever seen. Walking down like a mate in, in a city, and he's and he's walking. He's, and nobody questions it. You just go along with it and go Australia. <laughs> but we're not, you know, just to uh, to alleviate any fears out there. There, Australia does have some of the world's most dangerous animals, but there are not crocodiles walking down the street. We don't ride kangaroos to work. <laughs> so, no, not yet. Um, I love a pet echidna, though. They're, they're pretty cute for me. Um, excellent word. Great choice. Great choice. So, look, my word of the week, um, and it's an interesting one. Look, give a, give a preface this by saying Mark had a section or a segment of the show that we introduced last week the Jordan Berry stat of the week, mm. which, you know, fairness to Mark, it lasted all of one week. And, you know, as Berry got, got punted by the Steelers. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I don't, you know, those of you that, those of you that have seen some of my views as well, or, or listened to our first couple of shows know that I'm not the biggest Berry fan, really great to see an Australian do well in the NFL, but wanted a bit more consistency there. So interesting to see what they've got with Colquitt, but um, yeah, Hunted. So we're going to have to obviously remove that segment from the show now. However, however, punt means of various different things down under. So I'm going to, I'm going to talk a bit about what punt means in terms of slang. And we talked a little about this on bads on bads, YouTube that we, the 2am show um, that we were on a couple of weeks ago, but yes, there's punt in terms of kicking the ball. There's also punt, which is like a barge that you can put your car on that will take it across a river. But we also use punt in the form of having a bet. 
So having a gamble, making a prediction. Um, so with that, Mark and I are actually going to introduce a new segment to <laughs> for, that will stay yeah. through the rest of the season. Now we're going into the regular season. We're going to make a bold prediction each week um, or have a punt. And we're going to keep a tally of this as well. And, and you guys there at home, um, the listeners to the show, whether you're listening, you know, as it goes through on Saturday morning or you're catching up on whatever platform you're catching up on, um, you can keep track of this as well. And, you know, maybe later in the season, we'll, we'll open it up and, and hear what some of the other punts are happening all out there. But um, yeah, so we're going to make a, a, a punt and prediction that we're going to all stand by. So Mark, heading into week one, What's your what's your punt for this week? So yeah, well, my punt and uh, my bold uh, prediction is it's, it's around Danny Dimes and our defense. So um, and it doesn't yeah, it's pretty bold. I want to say TJ Watt gets three sacks. So let's let's put it that he gets like he definitely gets three sacks. Now to be even bolder, he gets a forced fumble. Like I think he's going to wreck this guy. He's going to push him into the dirt. He's going to be grass. Is there grass at, at New York Giants? I'm not even sure. He's going yeah, to be grass in his helmet. He's going to be scared. He's going to be trying to snap the ball. I'm like, oh, what do I do? I can see TJ's eyes across from me. Like, he's going to be so scared at TJ. And just TJ. Like, he just, and there's so many other people. But TJ is going to run him into the dirt for three sacks. And let's, you know what? Let's go even bolder. I'm going to go in this. I could lose this bet. I'm going to go three sacks in a forced fumble. That's how bold I'm going to go with TJ. Ooh, now that is a bolt. That's quite a punt. That is quite a punt. Uh, you know, for those fans out there, if he lands this one, it might even, um, you know, that might be a 60 yarder, but, uh, <laughs> okay. Well, I will go a little bit more conservative than, than you. Um, yeah. they're not going to target Nelson. They're not stupid. Um, they're not going to target Minka, but they might target Joe Hayden. So I'm, I'm really looking for Joe Hayden to get two pass deflections and an interception. Right. So that's who I'd like to see. Um, you know, that's, that's what I really like to see out of Joe Hayden. And look, if, you know, if, if anyone's going to intercept for me this week, it, it's Joe. Um, he'll really want to step up. He's, you know, he's really gunning for, he wants that Super Bowl as much as anyone. He wants that recognition as much as anyone. So, yeah, looking forward to a big game from Joe Hayden. And as you know, I'm a big fan of Steven Nelson. So, to, to, tip, yeah. to tip Hayden as the one to get that interception. Um, so, look, that's, that's what we, you know, most of the show that we wanted to cover today. Um, but, look, Mark, any other final thoughts heading into week one, game one, New York Giants? Um. I, I just think we're all so excited, uh, to be honest. Steelers football is back on Monday night, uh, Tuesday for the Australian listeners down here uh, at 9am. So hopefully you can, you know, get the, get work day off or something. But yeah, we're excited to see football again and Steelers football. You know, we have Big Ben back. Like, let's just see Big Ben sling it. Let's see Connor running up the guts. Um, I want to see TJ get three sacks and a force fumble. I'm sure we all want to see that. Um, yeah, let's just, let's hammer, hammer Danny Dimes. Like he's, you know, he probably is a good player, but as a fan perspective, I want to see him shaking at the line of scrimmage and like, have no idea what to do. That just would be awesome. What do you reckon? Oh, hundred percent. I'm just cannot wait. You know, as soon as that, that, that kickoff, you know, they're running the ball down the guts. I just ben, big Ben running out there. We know he's going to be shaky. We know he's going to be nervous. But 
I think once we start to get halfway through that first quarter, just seeing the Steelers get that rhythm, get that rhythm. And you know what? And you know, I'm so hopeful we're not in this boat. But even if we do need a fourth or third quarter comeback, you know, even to see that in the classic Ben Roethlisberger, yeah. Roethlisberger comeback, you know what? I'd be happy just to see that. It's been such a long off season, no preseason. I'm just keen to see yeah. some football and some 100%. steel of football. It'd be it'd just be exciting to see, yeah, Big Ben come back, sling it to the end zone for, you know, win by seven or win by three. You know, we need that. But let's let's see what our defense, defense there. We, we want football back. We want it back. <laughs> Everyone, it is back. It is back. <laughs> so, look, that wraps up our, our show today. And, look, as always, BTSC is the home of all Steelers content. Whether you're on the website and looking for the latest articles, they're up there. You know, all the writers of, of the of the website have everything up as fast as anyone, as fast as whether it's on Sports Illustrated, ESPN, NFL Network, our, our team there, we're getting it up there first. On the podcast end, there are shows coming at you, and I know the schedule's about to change as well, but there are shows morning, noon, and night. You can, you know, there's live YouTube shows at night. There's some live, you know, ones that go live as well. There's some new pregame shows that are coming through, whether it's the likes of, you know, editor Jeff Hartman, co-editor Dave Schofield, whether it's it's the podcast that, that Bad's putting together, insightful articles from Jeffrey Benedict, you know, awesome different takes from Michael Beck, the deputy editor, you know, Shannon, KT Smith, you know, there's a lot of, there's a host of content. So, and oh, how could I forget Tony Duffio, Tony Duffio, whose show he's, will follow us. He's next. He's next. Uh, next man up. So, so look, there is a lot of content. It's your home of Steelers, massive BTSC family, as we said. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for listening. Go Steelers. Go Steelers.